Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, May 8th, 529 a.m. Central Time. As I speak here, July corn futures up two and a quarter at 598 and three quarters. July soybeans up seven at 1443 and a half. July Chicago wheat up three and a half at 664 last trade. July Kansas City wheat up 11 at 844. July spring wheat up 13 and a half at 849 and a half. Mackenzie, good morning. You were able to hold down the uh, fort when I was gone, it looks like. Yeah, kept everything rolling. I think it went okay. Awesome job. Uh, Where do you want to start this morning? So corn and wheat futures have posted a substantial recovery. Wheat futures trade higher again this morning following three consecutive higher closes. The July 2023 HRW contract gained about 115 uh, per bushel per bushel from the May 2nd low to the overnight high. The July 2023 corn contract bottomed near 569 on May 3rd and trades just below $6 here this morning. Soybean futures have also recovered. Okay, so you remember last, was it last Wednesday that we heard about this alleged attack on the Kremlin? Yeah, I think it yep. was Wednesday morning. That's yeah. when the wheat market bottomed, basically. Uh, we, we saw this news that maybe it was Ukraine, maybe it's a false flag deal, nobody really knows. But Russia is kind of um, upping its rhetoric here. They've turned a little bit more hawkish. And uh, whether or not that was the real deal, it uh, looks like it put a bottom in the wheat market. And now you're to a point here where this July Kansas City contract, I mean, it has retraced almost all of these losses that we th- saw during the month of April, uh, which is interesting, certainly. So um, I think there's some concern about uh, just Russia, Ukraine in general. You've probably got some short covering here. The rally in corn has not been as impressive interesting to note that we had an old low. I don't have it on my chart here, but uh, back from July of last year, there was an old low. We traded below that low just very briefly, ran some stops down there, and now you've got a 30 cent recovery. This $6 area could be a little bit of a hurdle here today. Uh, We'll see, but not a half bad price action at all. So weekend rains hit a good chunk of the U.S. Some drier areas of the Western Corn Belt, including much of Nebraska and Iowa, saw one inch of rain or more over the last seven 72 hours. Parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana also saw rain. The radar is active this morning. A strong system is pushing across Iowa and Missouri into Illinois. Another system is moving over the southeast. More rain is expected across some areas of the U.S. Plains here this week. Mackenzie, you're in central Nebraska. How much rain did you get over the weekend? Um, about three inches. Really? It was fantastic. And I, I think we, we got, so we're smack dab in the middle. Um, it was, it was phenomenal. You're right in this yellow area on the map. Yeah. So we probably got more than other folks. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, I traveled across Western Nebraska this weekend and they got rain all the way across. So it was fantastic. So that was the biggest rain event since when? Oh, golly. Um, probably actual rain um, June of last year. I mean, yeah. we had we had gobs of snow, but that didn't help anything right now. So, yeah. Some of these rains up north, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, I think could have been helpful. There was still some, uh, maybe even some snow that needed to melt or some ice in some of these areas. And they've been dry anyways. And um, then these rains in the central corn belt, I mean, could they stall planting in some areas? Yeah, they definitely could. And you've got some more here today. I'll be curious to see what USDA says in its uh, crop progress report this afternoon. Next seven days, uh, there may be some more rain across the plains. This is kind of a shift in the narrative here in terms of uh, the forecast. I mean, more rain 
potentially for North Dakota, South Dakota, more for Nebraska. Uh, Western Kansas still not going to get a ton the way that it looks. Maybe up to an inch of rain over the next seven days, which would certainly be welcome. Uh, Interestingly enough, the wheat market decides to rally when it starts raining in uh, the Southern Plains. That's not how this is supposed to work, but that's how it's uh, working this time around the way that it looks. Uh, If you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Uh, Joe, tell me about what we had going on on Friday for our premium. Well, you could tell me because I wasn't here. But (laughs) but guys, when I'm so I was out for two days last week. But uh, thankfully, we have a all star list of uh, contributors here. Uh, Shea Folk from Agview Solutions was on and uh, he talked about equipment cost and how it relates to marketing. Like this is the one of the biggest expenses, biggest line item expenses for a lot of you guys. And if you don't calculate it correctly, it's going to mess up your margins and your budgeting. If you guys want to see this video and all of the other premium stuff, there's a new premium video every single business day. In addition to the morning email, which has a ton of uh, content, text message service, uh, go to standardgrain.com this morning, sign up. This is a $50 per month uh, subscription built to your credit card automatically. Uh, it takes you like one minute to sign up with your credit card, guys. Uh, you can do it on your phone if you're busy this morning. Uh, cancel any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise. Uh, Shipments from Ukraine are declining as the Black Sea grain deal deadline approaches. The rate of Ukrainian shipments has slowed due to worries that ships may become stranded if the Black Sea grain deal is not renewed. On Friday, Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the United Nations failed to authorize any new ships under the deal. According to data provided by ShipFix, the number of cargo orders fell to 355 in April from 489 in March. Stringent restrictions on what ships can exit the corridor have caused 40 to 60 commercial ships to become stranded in Ukraine's ports. Under the agreement, Ukraine has been able to export about 29.5 million tons of agricultural products. Russia said over the weekend that it is still not satisfied with the grain deal, which expires next Thursday. So I think the market is starting to take this seriously, the idea that this grain deal may not be renewed. I think partially, again, to go back to that alleged attack on the Kremlin last week, a lot of the rhetoric out of Russia has become, again, a lot more hawkish. Uh, Russia's former prime minister and former president, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, called for the elimination of Ukraine's Zelensky last week. He accused Ukraine of an of a uh, terrorist attack. He made parallels between Zelensky and Hitler. Uh, Medvedev, to this point, had been like the more reasonable guy out of Russia uh, when it comes to rhetoric. And now it's like he's gone off the deep end, too. So Russia is uh, uh, certainly a lot more hawkish here uh, when it comes to this deal. And a lot of people still calling for additional escalation in the whole situation. So I think this has all been friendly and probably led to some short covering in the wheat market uh, here the last few days. Large money managers are net short the corn market once again. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending May 2nd. The funds were net sellers of 102,000 contracts of corn. They were also sellers of 32,000 contracts of soybeans and 14,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. Okay, so we've got some interesting stuff here. This net short in the corn market that the funds are holding, 112,000 contracts as of last Tuesday. Granted, this has been reduced given the rally we've seen the last few days. This is the largest net short since August of 2020. Think about August of 2020. Uh, Spring of 2020, we had COVID. Prices fell apart. Uh, August of 2020 is kind of like right when the recovery in grain prices began. China came in and started buying a bunch of corn. But I mean, the last time funds were short this much corn, it was an entirely different 
era um, in terms of pricing and, and just markets and everything, really. In terms of soybeans, this net long, and they're still net, funds are still net long soybeans, but the net long of 55,000, that's the smallest net long since December of 2021. And then this monster net short in SRW wheat. And again, this has probably been reduced. There's probably been some short covering here. That's the largest net short since January of 2018. So we're covering uh, some ground here that we have not seen in years uh, in some of these markets in terms of fund positioning. So again, the uh, the attitude of large money managers, I think, has really soured on commodities uh, to some extent, certainly. Global food prices have risen for the first time in 12 months. The food agency arm of the United Nations released food index price data for the month of April on Friday. The reading increased month over month for the first time in a year. The UN's chief food economist said as economies recover from significant slowdowns, demand will increase, exerting upward pressure on food prices. Despite the small monthly increase, the index is still down 20% from the record high post posted back in March of 2022. The way I understand this index, it doesn't track futures. I think it tracks like export pricing to some extent. So yeah, we're 20% off the highs in terms of this index. Does that mean that food prices at the grocery store are off 20%? No, absolutely not. Food prices at the grocery store are probably still like at their highs and they're probably not coming down anytime soon. So, I mean, this is there's a direct correlation here between the prices of, you know, corn, soybeans, wheat, other things, and, and this index. This little uptick, uh, I don't think really means a whole lot, grand scheme of things. USDA will release its monthly crop report on Friday morning. The May report will include our first look at the new crop corn, soybean, and wheat balance sheets. Aside from initial 2023-2024 balance sheet projections, uh, traders will uh, traders will watch for adjustments to the demand side of the old crop U.S. balance sheets in addition to South American production estimates. Damn it, USDA. I mean, this is a big <laughs> report, and they got to put it out on Friday Yep. Friday morning at 11 a.m. Central. So you've got a big report. They're going to give us the new crop balance sheets. First look at it. And we get two hours to trade it before we go home for the weekend. Why in the world are these reports not out first off early in the morning? And then second off, why is it out on a Friday? Why not put it out on Wednesday so we have a couple of days to trade this thing? I have a lot of issues with you people, uh, USDA, uh, this being uh, top of the list. Uh, job growth outperformed expectations in April. Despite serious banking turmoil and a slowing economy, job growth accelerated last month. For the month, non-farm payrolls increased by 253,000 at 3.4%. The, the unemployment rate tied for the lowest level since 1969. Average hourly earnings rose 0.5% more than the expected 0.3% and the biggest monthly gain in a year. Wages climbed annually by by 4.4%, which was more than the predicted 4.2% increase. Those figures boost the chance that the Fed might hike interest rates once again in June. Okay, so as it stands now, the market does not think we're going to see a June rate hike. Uh, CME Fed tool says that there's a 92% chance that they pause, uh, 8 to 9% chance that they hike. Um, I don't think they're going to hike, but it could change. This uh, wage thing, this red-hot labor market, this is seen as being inflationary in nature. And that's why some people think, oh, this could, you know, if this sort of thing continues, it could uh, lead the Fed to additional rate hikes. Uh, the optimist in me says that the Fed may very well be in the process of threading the needle here. They may be able to 
reduce or eliminate inflation while at the same time uh, achieving what you'd call like a soft landing, doing it without killing the job market, without really killing the economy. That was something that a lot of people thought was like totally impossible. But now you've got inflation coming down. The Fed's going to pause. Uh, job market's still good. Uh, I know everybody's negative and I know everybody thinks we're headed toward recession, but I can paint you a friendly picture here uh, if you'd like to see it. Uh, cattle market got beat up last week. What happened? Yeah, so uh, last week's lower lower fat cattle futures and growing concerns about domestic and global economic growth sure put a damper on cattle futures. Live cattle futures closed an average of 338 lower last week on the week. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of an average of 734 lower on the week. Uh, cash cattle was dra- was down for the third week in a row last week. Cattle in the north sold mostly uh, from 176 to 177, which was two dollars lower. Cattle in the south traded at 172, that was a buck lower. Um, wholesale beef prices just declined marginally. Choice box. Excuse me. Choice box beef closed Friday at 309.19. That was a buck 92 lower for the week. Select box beef closed at 288.16. That was down only 18 cents on the week. I get the uh, economic concerns, but in terms of supply and demand, is there is there a really good reason why cash cattle would just plummet right now? Absolutely not. It is. These are just purely outside factors. Packers are obviously gaining leverage back uh, with their bids. There were some producers that took these lower bids last week. And once you get that ball rolling, you can't climb back up. Um, seasonally, uh, we usually see these uh, the market fed cattle increase through this through this time period but seasonal seasonally this year it shouldn't be like this with our lower numbers um you know we should be able to keep those cash bids pretty darn high but these i i it's just purely these outside factors in my opinion seasonals work when they work and sometimes they don't um outside markets this morning guys us dollars off just a little bit the stock market's higher marginally the s&p's up six points the dow's up about 70 Bonds are off a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil mounting a recovery here up $1.60 at $72.94. Everybody have a great week. Uh, We'll talk to you guys same time on Tuesday.